What's up, friend? And welcome to the podcast. I'm Nikki Sunshine, your host, and this is Become a Relationship Badass, where I bring you powerful interviews, and sometimes it's just me talking about things, (laughs) all in service of helping you to create badass, intimate relationships in your life. I do believe that the quality of my relationships strongly affect the quality of my life, And so with that, I'm here to help as many people as I can create high quality, unbreakable, truly fulfilling relationships. Thanks for being here and let's get into the episode. What is up y'all? Welcome back to the show. My name is Nikki Sunshine, and we're back. Episode 24. Episode 24, you guys. Fuck yeah. This has become a relationship badass where we talk about all the juicy nuances and the things that aren't so obvious to the naked eye that are existing within the realm of relationship. Um... Here I I talk about and converse with you all about psychology, the nervous system, communication, masculine and feminine energies, all in service of helping you have a totally revamped, badass, fulfilling relationship with yourself and therefore badass, thriving and fulfilling relationships with others. So thank you for being here. Fuck yeah, we have a super juicy episode today. I'm excited to talk about this slightly. I think there's a little charger on this topic for some. So I'm excited to dive in. Before we dive in, a couple quick announcements. As always, I would like to start out with a little bit of gratitude in today's episode. And so first of all, I want to thank my, I'm going to start with my dear friend, Molly. Molly is one of the people I've met after my mom died and my life sort of changed a lot. And I met her and I thought, damn, I'm going to be okay. Um, Molly has this way of being able to see and connect with people at whatever level they are at. This is a skill I'm still trying to refine. Um, within myself, but she's so good at it and she's able to just see someone and connect with something they care about in such a beautiful way. And um, she did that with me the minute we met and ended up living together shortly after we met. Um, she is a very special human. I was I was very fragile when we met and felt like basically no one I came in contact with could understand me or even like hang in the room with me because I was this big emotional grief-stricken woman. And as I talk about a lot, I I felt very isolated in that. Um, Molly, like just sunk in and, and, and like looked me in the eyes and, and I connected with me instantly. Um, and she's always been, it's, it's one of the few people I really feel that get me in this world and my very introspective, curious, depth seeking nature. 
And so Molly, Moon, I just have to give you some love. And y'all, her Instagram is the shit. If you're not following her on Insta, oh my God, she has so much epic shit to say. Um, and beautiful photos, just an amazing poetry and and um, a lot to share. So I want to say it's at Molly Moonrise is her Instagram. M-O-L-L-Y-M-O-O-N-R-I-S-E. So shout out to Molly for being my fucking girl and um, really helping me expand my capacity to see and love and accept others where they are. I appreciate you, girl. Um, I also want to appreciate my friend, Alberto. Um, I am going to Texas in July for Tony Robbins. You guys, I'm so fucking excited. I may or may not be just kind of a Tony Robbins fan. And so I'm finally going to see him. UPW, which is his event called Unleashing the Power Within, is in Texas, in Dallas, July 11th through 14th. And I will be there. I'm so fucking excited. And in my excitement, I didn't um, think about how crowded the airports would be, given this is a huge event with tens of thousands of people flying out of the same city. So I um, have my hotel and everything booked for the week, and then I was planning on flying out Sunday night after the event, and when I went to go book my flight yesterday, turns out there's no flights left. Like, I need one that's after 9.30, because the event goes till 8, and there's literally none available. <laughs> and all the hotels in the area are booked, um, so there are options. I can go like 20 minutes out and get a different hotel, um, but I'm definitely like looking for you know, I put a little Facebook message out there. Hey, is anyone in Dallas? I just need somewhere to sleep for Sunday night. Um, and my friend Alberto reached out to me and offered up his rental space that he has. Um, such a kind and generous offer. And this is someone I haven't had a ton of connection time with in person. And so it just means even more that he would offer such a thing. Um, turns out it's already booked. So he rents it out like an Airbnb. So um, it was so kind of him to reach out and there's still a chance they might cancel. They haven't paid for that day yet. So we'll see. Um, but I just want to appreciate Alberto for so kindly offering his space to me, someone who he hasn't spent that much time with in person, but um, obviously trusts me in some way. So I just, I appreciate you. That was my heart swelled up with kindness when you reached out to me, Alberto. Um, so thank you just for those. And so on this, like, thank you to all of you who do those random acts of kindness and thoughtfulness that maybe you think like, oh, they'll never forget this. This doesn't mean much. Um, but it does mean much, at least to me. I don't forget those things. So Thank you, Alberto. And also, if you're out there and you are in Dallas or you've got a spot in Dallas, your girl is still on the hunt. I need a place to sleep Sunday, July 14th. I'll be at my event until like 8.39 p.m. So it'll literally be come over. Probably be a very tired kitten. Go to sleep and uh, wake up in the morning and head out to Denver. So um, if uh, you have those connects, please reach out to your girl at Relationship Badass on Instagram, or you can just shoot me an email at relationshipbadass at gmail.com. All right. Um, that is my gratitude for today. And one more announcement. Um, I have been doing some market research calls. Thank you to all those badass women who have volunteered their time to talk to me. And um, 
Also, I have been working on a badass boundary boot camp. This is a six, currently it's looking like it's going to be a six week program. It may extend to eight, but six is feeling like the right amount of weeks. And so I've been working on this badass boundary boot camp since the inspiration like shot into my brain um, three, two or three weeks ago. And I've just been going crazy, like pages and pages of information, like, holy shit, I need to bring this out to the world. Um, and so in my market research conversations, it sounds like there's been a lot of interest in the Boundary Bootcamp. So I just want to take kind of a poll, get an idea out there. Um, who's interested in such a thing? It's going to be probably a six-week, possibly up to eight-week program. It'll be a live group program. So essentially, we'll have modules each week with PowerPoints and assignments and whatnot. And then um, my badass group of ladies and I will meet in a group setting each week to go over the material, have you know, you can, all the participants can kind of bring their own real life situations and get some guidance and we'll have that group meeting each week. So I want to know if you're interested in something like this, um, I just want to know, I want to kind of gauge how many people might be interested in doing this type of program. Um, I'm planning on like end of summer. Um, I am a total summer travel baby and have so many things I want to do and connections I'd like to make. The sun's out. I'm, I'm, the sun's shining. I'm shining. <laughs> so I'm um, planning on launching this at the end of summer, but I would just love to know if you're interested. Um, the way I'm designing it currently, it's going to be, this is what I'm trying to figure out. It could be like a super intimate 10 person program. Um, but if there's enough interest out there, I could design it to be a little bit more inclusive. So maybe 15 to 20 people. Um, I want to gauge how many are interested so that I can design it accordingly. So if this is you and you're like, badass boundary boot camp, what? Um, I just want to know that you're interested. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Um, and basically I'll just have you click it. If you're interested, it'll take you to a page, like a form on my website, and then you'll just fill it out. Like, yes, I'm interested in the boundary bootcamp. Um, this is where I heard about it. Um, here's my email so that I can be informed when it is launched and that type of stuff. So if that's you, sister friend, um, badass boundary bootcamp, if you're feeling it, head on over to that link in the show notes and just let me know. Yes, I'm interested. This will help me gauge how much interest is out there, and then I can finish designing the program accordingly and bring it to you all exactly how you've asked for it. So I'm really excited about this, you guys. Um, this is one of the ideas I got. I The best way I can explain it is like a download. It's like literally I'm driving in my car, walking through the woods, and all of a sudden, like, it's as if someone's talking in my ear and it's like badass boundary boot camp. Show women how to know when to identify a boundary, when to know when a boundary is needed, then how to create the boundary, how to cultivate the boundary, and then how do we honor that boundary without feeling like we're an asshole or we're making others uncomfortable. Um, all of these words just come through me and then I go create what the fuck just popped into my head. Um, not all of my creations are downloads like this, um, but but... Some of them are, and when they are, they seem to be the most potent. So I'm really excited to bring this to you all, and I'd love to just gauge who is stoked out there. Ladies, let's get our boundaries in check. Am I right? Am I right? Fuck yeah. Okay, I think that's it for announcements today. Um, and I'm really excited to dive into today's episode. 
today I'm talking about creating space in partnership. So intimacy, as I see it, is this beautiful yet delicate and somewhat mysterious blend between separateness and togetherness. So it's kind of this paradox because you meet someone and instantly the instinctual reaction is to come closer, especially in that beginning new love phase, that honeymoon phase, if you will, where the chemicals are being excreted and joy and love is in the air and you can't stop thinking about the person. Uh, This is the time when it's so natural to continue to come closer, right? And really embrace that togetherness. Um, And you start to get to know the person more and and you think, could I ever not want to be with this person? And then one day, lo and behold, (laughs) you're like, damn, I don't want to be with this person right now. I need some space, right? Who's ever felt that before? All of a sudden you're like, skitcherp, breaks on. Yeah, what the fuck? I need space. And so often what this can feel like is, you know, we're, like I said, so we're coming together. It's that that new love phase. And you went, so if you and me are in relationship, we're kind of blending, right? We, We started with this you and me separate entities. And now we're kind of blending and meshing into this you and me entity. Um... And if we're consciously agreeing to move into partnership, we're even more so blending that you and me entity. Um, And so when we hit that kind of breaks on, holy fuck, I need space moment, often what's happening is it's like, okay, hold up. Where do you end and where do I begin? the, The differentiation between us is becoming unclear. So that's, and that can feel uncomfortable when so when I realize that the differentiation between my where I end and you begin is becoming blurry, that can feel really uncomfortable for me because all of us as human beings have an innate need to self-express and to be ourselves. And so when it actually comes into your awareness and you're like, wait a minute, I am actually not clear who I am right now because I've been so blended with you these last few weeks, months, years, fill in the blank. That can cause some discomfort. And so sometimes what can happen is, well, let me back up. So in the beginning, our need for separateness is kind of overridden. It's it's overridden by that, again, that constant, pumping of chemicals um, that feel really good and that constant affirmation, I can never get sick of this person. All of that kind of um, masks the need for separateness in the beginning because we have such a strong desire to be together. So it doesn't really make sense. Like I really want to be together, but I also really want to be away from you. We're more just feeling typically in the beginning of a relationship that desire to be together. But eventually, as we talked about the scale tips, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where am I, right? And so if we have too much, well, so if we have too much separateness, that's not good either, right? Because that can lead to feelings of isolation, disconnection, kind of a longing, maybe even a, and that longing can transform into like a desperation or neediness um, over time. You can feel lonely, just like super alone in your partnership. And that's garbage, right? Nobody wants that. 
So the answer here is not just to go to the other scale and be like, cool, you're me, I'm you, we're doing our own things, and like, we'll have a date night once a week. I don't necessarily recommend that. And too much closeness can be equally detrimental to the relationship. So it can feel suffocating. It can start to feel like you're accountable to your partner instead of in partnership. Um, mismatched needs can make this too much closeness even harder. It becomes, it becomes really clear what needs aren't getting met and how maybe your needs getting fulfilled leaves no room for my needs getting fulfilled when we're this close. Um, and so it can cause discomfort, anxiety, stress, um, as can too much separateness. So this is real. I'm really just outlining here how important it is to find the balance that works for your union. So let me say that again. The key here is finding the balance that works for your union. There is no secret equation of balance that works for every couple. It's going to be fucking different for every individual and every couple that is created by two individuals. So for instance, my, my sweet, wonderful Warren, the love of my life, me and him have lived together for two years and we have always had separate bedrooms. It's something we agreed upon in the beginning and that just works for us. And I'm going to go into that more deeply later when I give you guys some tips um, for actually creating space. But for now, I'll just say it works for us so well. And it's something we're both like, yeah, I'm never giving this up. <laughs> like, I love you and I love you more when we have separate bedrooms. And so that works for us. I Now I've talked to some couples that that would never work for. They're like, oh, fuck no. If we're not sharing a, you know, a bedroom, that's a huge breach of intimacy for me. And so here's just a perfect example of how for different unions and different couples and different individuals, there's going to be different um, shades of gray, right? Or different levels and different um, balancing techniques, so to speak, that work for them. So I just want to give you that permission slip right now. Um, I'm going to talk about creating space and partnership, and I'm going to share at the end some tips that have worked for me and Warren, and just know that those tips might not work for you. So take them with a grain of salt. Try them on without being attached to them working for you. Does that make sense? So try them on. See, see if they help, and if it doesn't work, just be open to that. That's totally okay. So often what happens here is because, because we start the relationship being wanting to be together all the time, then when an individual starts to feel that desire for some separateness, um, some autonomy, they can oftentimes what will happen is like it becomes a story of, oh God, I don't know. I feel bad for wanting this. Like, like maybe all of a sudden I want some space in my partnership, but I feel guilty about that because I'm like, oh, but we've been so close and, and what's wrong with me? Why am I sick of my partner? And, and they haven't shared that they want space. So, oh God, I feel bad. And, and there's, so all these stories can start to formulate around our need or desire for space. And so if that happens, 
I might decide, you know what, I'm just not going to ask for it. I'll just make it happen. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriends next week and like make it happen. That's fine. And that can work. But often what happens is in this process of us not communicating about it because we're nervous, we're going to hurt the other person's feelings. We feel bad. We feel like we shouldn't be wanting space. So let's just put this in an example. Let's say that's me. I'm with Warren and all of a sudden I'm like needing space. But I feel bad and I don't want to rock the boat and I think he might be hurt and, and I feel like I shouldn't want space. So I decide to say nothing. What happens is as this process unfolds and as we're not communicating, but I, my need for space is growing within me, but I'm not talking about that with my partner. So I'm kind of like carrying the entire weight of the burden on my shoulders the need to insert my independence can start to become overwhelming. Let me say that again. If I'm not communicating with my partner as I'm noticing this need for space coming up in me, then the need to insert my independence can become overwhelming because I've let it build up so long that now it's like the only thing I can think about. And now maybe anytime my partner touches me or asks me to spend time with them or even talks to me, I get triggered because I'm so frustrated and annoyed because my needs have been neglected for so fucking long. But it's not my partner's fault. I'm sitting here silently holding on to my needs, not sharing it with my partner. And just to be clear, it's not my partner's job to fulfill that need. It's my job to create my own boundaries and my own agreements around that need and say, okay, here's the deal. I fucking love you so much. And our time together is some of the most connected, amazing, satisfying time that I have. And I have been noticing lately this need for some personal space. Like I think I've been loving our time so much together that I... I haven't been prioritizing my alone time or my me time. Do you feel that? Does that have you been noticing this at all? I'm just curious. Yeah, and so I, I definitely want to keep the super intimate, sexy you and me time we have, but I'm wondering if we could open up a conversation about how to create more space in our day-to-day -day between us um, so that this, this need I feel for my independence can be fulfilled. So you can approach it in a way where it's, again, as I always talk about, we're not blaming here. We're inviting someone into our process. We're inviting someone into our world. And it's a we thing. It's not like, dude, you're fucking suffocating me and I need space back off. Because if you communicate like that, there's a chance that your partner will receive that as, oh, I'm too much. You don't want to hang out with me and I should just get out of your way. And so if you communicate it in that way, you might end up with a partner who's just really standoffish and distant and too nervous to even approach you for connection. Because last time they did that, they were met with sort of tension and angst and like, dude, get away from me vibes. So I'll just, if, if Warren were to say to me one day, like, yo, you have really been invading my space and I love you and all, but like, I need you to back the fuck off so I can be an independent person because you're really suffocating me. If Warren said that to me, I would probably, I'm just trying to feel into it in my body. Yeah, 
For sure. I would definitely, and I'm talking to you guys right now as resourced adult Nikki relationship badass. Who knows? That's not my shit if he talks to me, you know, in that way. That's all him. Yet, there's still the little girl inside of me that would internalize some of that and think, oh my God, I've been so annoying to my boyfriend. My boyfriend doesn't even want to hang out with me. God, I must really be terrible to hang out with. He feels, he sounds so annoyed. And then I would probably respond by not initiating connection for a while because I would feel too nervous or sensitive around that. Like, well, what if I initiate and he just says that I'm driving him crazy? You know, my insecurities might start to flare up. So the point is here, the communication is key, y'all. In terms of creating space and partnership, we just have to talk about this stuff. And I think it feels really weird and challenging to talk about for a lot of people because it's kind of that like taboo side of the relationship. Like everyone knows when you get in partnership, yeah, we're going to want to, we're going to spend a lot of time together. We're going to want to spend a lot of time together. We might start merging our lives and our social groups and our family lives. So that's like the obvious thing, but nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but not, not as many people and not as many Facebook posts and blogs and whatever that you see out there talk about this inherent need to actually create a culture around separateness. So it's not just like, yeah, it's obvious we need space, but like, I think every partnership should have a conversation, an ongoing conversation about like, hey, how are you being fulfilled in your you-ness right now, in your independence? And then another conversation that says, hey, how are you feeling fulfilled in our partnership? How am I showing up for you as your partner, as your lover lately? So those are two really different conversations. The second one is, is the check-in that I talk about a lot. But I think what I'm realizing in this moment, it's just kind of coming up for me as I talk to you guys, is there should also be a check-in, not so much on the couple, but on the individual. So what a powerful practice if, you know, me and my partner are regularly checking in on, hey, how am I showing up for you? How are we doing? That is super fucking important and powerful, I believe. It's something I've done in my partnership for two years. Um, Always at least once a month, sometimes once every couple of weeks, just to check in. How am I doing? How are we doing? From the lens of your perception, partner. Just a side note, check-ins are not the opportunity to say, hey, how are we doing? And then your partner tells you what they really think and you're like, that's not true. I have been showing up. <laughs> right? A check-in is like, hey, I want to hear how our relationship has been going from your perspective. So maybe I had a different experience, but I can still validate what you experienced and felt. So I'm going to add this, and I know this is, I'm going to come back to tips at the end, you guys, but this literally just came to me as I'm talking to you right now. So one of my tips is going to be a check-in, but not the type of check-in I normally talk about, a check-in in, hey, how are you doing? How is Warren doing, babe? How are you feeling in terms of, activities that light you up and your sense of independence. How is that doing? Because that's equally as important. It's the separateness that pairs with the togetherness to create beautiful, thriving intimacy. So remember how important it is not only to communicate about these things, but also the way in which you communicate, which I go back to all the time. You guys know caring communication tools, 
it's just crucial in everything. It's communication isn't the end all be all, but what communication is, is it's relevant in everything because once you get down to a, once you kind of boil down an issue or a challenge or something that needs addressing in your partnership, then you actually have to communicate about it. And when you're communicating about an issue or something, a challenging conversation, being able to communicate in a way that the other person can stay regulated and actually connected to you and hear your message is is crucial. It's everything. Because if you're communicating and you guys just start triggering the fuck out of each other, now you're both in the back part of your brain, your animal brain. You're not in your prefrontal cortex that cares about relationship and connection and understanding. You're in the back of your brain that cares about survival. And when you're in survival mode, those parts of your brain that are able to like slow down, understand, have perspective, those aren't very available. And so now you guys can't really have the adult repairing conversation you were trying to have. And so it's like all that other work you did to get to this point is kind of useless if you don't now have the communication tools to make this conversation work. So can't stress the importance of carrying conversation enough. And if you've listened to all my videos and my podcast and my blog posts and you're like, damn, I, I feel her on this communication stuff. I'm not fucking around. I'm ready to change this part of my life right now. Head on over to relationshipbadass.com. Go to the shop and snag my ultimate guide to rockstar communication handbook. You guys, these are, this is the handbook for the people who are serious as fuck about up-leveling their communication. This isn't for the people who want to just listen to a tip on a podcast or read a blog post and feel a little inspired from the tip. That's great too. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're out there and you're like, no, I'm done. I'm ready to actually change this part of my life. I'm sick of getting to the point where me and my partner are about to have the conversation and then losing each other because we're, we don't know how to communicate in a way where the other person can stay in the room. Um, this handbook is for you. All the tips, all of the tools, exercises, examples, practices, assignments, new ideas and mindsets around communication. It is everything. So um, head on over the, to the shop if that calls to you. An official, official plug for my awesome new handbook. <laughs> so to come back to space in relationship, um, so I think I've, I've beat this one on the head a lot, but the communication is so important. And so to make this practical, if you're out there and you've been like feeling this, you're like, yeah, I know I need more space in my partnership, but it's hard because we've been together for three months, six months, two years, and this is how we've done relationship and we've never had space, so I don't know how to address it. I just want to say that it's okay. Take a deep breath with me. I can figure this out, sister or brother. And um, I just, I invite you to please start the conversation. And I kind of gave you a little example of how you could address it earlier in this episode, but just use those caring conversation tools. I know it's hard, but if you're if you're gentle and careful enough with your communication, you can open up the door, even if it's a crack, 
Maybe you don't get the full-fledged conversation you want right away, but you're able to open the door and get your partner even thinking like, oh, maybe this is a thing. Maybe we actually need to talk about space, like make agreements around that. Um, so that's what I implore you to do if that's where you are. The commun- opening up the door is going to instantly relieve so much of the burden you have been carrying around worrying about this. I, that I can assure you, it always does. Um, so we're communicating throughout the process so that our need to insert our independence doesn't become overwhelming all of a sudden. So space in relationship breeds a lot of things. It, it creates space literally for a lot of other things to grow, such as a clear connection to oneself. So again, when I have that clear separation between me and you, I can connect more with me and my true self, um, who I am, what I desire, what turns me on, what lights me up. Um, It breathes space to miss the other. You guys, this is one of the things I love about space the most, especially in my partnership. Warren and I have, um, well, I have a trip coming up in July. So I'm going to Texas. I already mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I'm not just going to Tony Robbins. Um, Some of my family that I fucking love so much and rarely get to see my Uncle Kevin and Aunt Becky. Shout out. I love y'all. Um, my cousins Kyle and Marina and Elizabeth and Cameron, they all live down there. Um, and I never get to see them. So I planned it to be like a whole little trip. So I'm going down to Texas. I'm going to stay in San Antonio for four days with my family. And then my uncle's going to drive me to Texas or to Dallas. And then I'm going to go do the seminar for four days. So I'm going to be gone for like nine or 10 days. And I'm legit so excited for not only the trip and everything that's going to happen, but that I love when Warren and I get some space apart and we get to like build up that genuine like, holy shit, I miss you so much. Like I literally can't wait till you pick me up at the bus stop and I jump in your arms and we kiss like that. Oh, it's like it's like in the beginning of the relationship, right? Like that, like, oh my God, I'm jumping my bones in excitement to see you. I love that stuff. And now I totally understand how that stuff can also feel scary so I've, I've been in relationships where we, we didn't have this culture around separateness like Warren and I have created. And so it wasn't so normal for one of us to like go on our separate trip and whatever. And so then when there was a time where it'd be like one of us is going to do something, let's say an ex-partner was traveling home to see like his family for a week. I remember it having this kind of like daunting energy around it. Like, oh no, I'm going to miss you so much. It's going to be so hard. And so I get that. If that's you and you're like, really? When my partner leaves, I feel stressed and like scared and and I miss them. I hear you. And that's totally valid. And I'm simply suggesting that that space can create this opportunity to actually get excited about our time apart because of the passionate reconnection we get to have at the end of that. So um, space is also where desire is cultivated and born. You guys, space is like oxygen and desire is like the embers in a fire. 
and you blow some oxygen on those embers and they ignite even deeper glowing orange. You know what I'm talking about? So fucking vibrant, so alive. Um, that is what space does to desire. Space and mystery and the unknown and uncertainty, all of these things are what cultivate desire. Desire is kind of that sexy, mysterious, like, ooh, what do I want, you know? Um, so space is really a powerful um, tool to cultivate desire. Just that unknown, that unknown space. Space also breeds clarity in what is you and what is me and what is us. So as I talked about earlier, you know, kind of that question of, okay, where do, there's the question of where do I end and where do you, you begin? So that's like the different differentiation of you versus me. But then there's also the question of, okay, but where in between this you and me does us exist? Right? So then there's the completely third separate entity of our union. So we've got you and then you have to end somewhere. I have to begin somewhere. There's me. But then in between you and me, there has to be this own separate entity of us. So space helps bring clarity to that question and that distinction. And again, space just has the potential to breed excitement, allure, mystery, curiosity, new experiences. Um, so I'm an advocate for space. And as you guys know, I'm a fucking advocate for connection. I mean, hello. I started a company called Relationship Badass, and I am a love and intimacy coach. So I'm all about connection. But I just see so clearly how space is an essential part of connection. Like for me, I can't actually have genuine, thriving, mutually fulfilling connection over the long term without a culture of space present. So now I'm just going to talk about some actual tips if you're like, cool, yep, I think I want more space in my just life and partnership and I think that's really going to help me um, and maybe help us. Maybe that's what we've been needing lately is a little intentional space. That's you. Now I'm going to share um, four tips that have really worked for me and um, some of these have really worked for my clients and so I want to share them with you and I hope that they can serve you if you are ready now to kind of um, create some space in your partnership. So tip number one I want to share is that just going back to safety. So safety creates trust and security in the relationship. Solid trust builds a foundation for true loving intimacy. And when you have this solid foundation of trust, safety, true loving intimacy, you can feel close to your partner even when you're not close to them. So that's how it feels for me when I go out of town. Like I was saying, I'm so excited. I still feel close to Warren when I'm away from him because we have such a foundation of safety and trust and love, true loving intimacy that that closeness never wavers. And so there's like this safe zone 
that allows us to have freedom and space and individualism within our union because there's a safe zone and this like this this foundational buffer of trust, safety, communication, um, true loving intimacy. So my first tip is just to go back to safety. And hopefully if you've been listening to this podcast for the five plus months it's been in in, in life, and if you follow me on Instagram and if you read my blogs and, and watch my videos, you're already you're already in the process or have cultivated a culture of safety in your partnership. So this should just be a reminder for you. But if you are hearing it for the first time, basically what I'm saying is if there's a lack of safety in your partnership, it's going to be more challenging to um, create a culture of space. So it's kind of like if you don't have safety yet, that's where I would recommend starting. Um, So tip number two. And we talked about this quite a bit already, but crystal clear communication about your needs. Okay, so this is all needs, but today we're talking mainly about space. So your needs around space need to be communicated. And again, there is no problem. You can easily communicate your need for space without blaming your partner or making your partner wrong or making your partner feel like they've not served you or disappointed you. You can share your need for space and make it completely about you and validate the fuck out of your partner at the same time so that they're feeling all the love and validation and you're just saying, this is what I need for me. This has nothing to do with you. Um, It's really beautiful. So if you're scared about communicating your needs and you feel like when you communicate your needs, your partner shuts down or when you communicate your needs, your partner gets upset or when you try to communicate your needs, you and your partner end up fighting. Um, then go grab my communication guide, y'all. Seriously, <laughs> get the skills. Um, go listen to episodes. It's either seven and eight or eight and nine, but I did two episodes on caring conversation tools. Um, so like, go get educated, okay? You are fucking badass and you can make a decision to go get educated and then you can do the work. So if you're going to listen to the episodes, Go listen to the episodes, take some notes, go grab my freebie mini communication guide that's on my website right now. Um, Or if you're going to buy the book, like do the work. Don't just buy the book and then let it sit in your computer for two years and then be like, God damn it, I bought the book. Why aren't we getting better? Go through the book. It's 50 plus pages. It's a bit of a commitment. That's like, yeah, I'm actually making this for people who are actually going to do the work and step up and make the changes because that is empowering That is inspiring. That is fucking badass. And anyone listening has the capabilities to do that. You are absolutely empowered to make any change you want right now in your life. And I'm not just saying that to motivate you. I'm saying that because I know it's true. Why do I know it's true? Because I I have done the impossible in my own life. I have come out of a rut, of a depression, of a state of hopelessness that was so deep, I was convinced there was no way out. And yet I made it and I didn't just make it out. I flew out with wings expanding, heart wide open, curiosity, encouragement, inspiration. And now I'm living this life that is similar to a dream of mine. It is like a dream. And so I know it's possible for you, more than possible. So I just want you to know how fucking powerful you are. 
All right. <laughs> so that was one of my you are amazing rants. But to circle back, crystal clear communication about your needs, shift the culture of your partnership so that talking about individual needs is not cause for alarm. It's just like a normal thing. Yeah, hey, I have a need I want to talk about. So this can take some time to shift the culture, but you can do it. And then it's like, it doesn't have to be a big deal if you're going to take some time to talk about your needs with your partner and vice versa. It just becomes part of the culture. If you need time apart, if you need time away from your partner to pursue a passion, time with friends, alone time, just ask for that. Right? It can be so easy to get in my head and like, oh God, I want to da-da-da. But he asked, oh man, I was going to hang out with my friends the other day, but then now he asked me to do that thing and I feel like I should do that. Just ask for what you need. And it, again, it might feel clunky or awkward or difficult at first, but the more you do this and just make it part of the culture of your relationship, the less weird it's going to feel. Hey, I know we had plans to go grocery shopping on Wednesday, but I actually just got invited to a girls' night. And dude, I have been needing it lately. I like need to go connect with my women and like talk about all of the lady things. Are you cool with that? Could we, could you either go to the store by yourself or we could reschedule for Thursday? So that was just an example. But if the, if that's the culture in your relationship, approaching that's going to be super simple and like not a big deal. Now, if it's not the culture in your relationship and you guys have never talked about these things before, it might be a little alarming for your partner. Um, when you say, hey, I want to cancel our plans to go shopping to do this, they might be like, what? But we made these plans and what do you mean? And so now is when you get to use your caring conversation tools and, and really open up a conversation and, and say, hey, you know, I know we've never talked about this stuff. And so I totally get it. This feels scary. And you're like, what? Do you want space? Like, I get it. And I'm just realizing, like, I actually want this to be a piece of our intimacy. And I want to be able to talk about my need for space with you. And I want you to be able to share your need for space with me and us to both know that we still love each other when we talk about those things. Are you open to trying to transform the culture of our relationship in terms of our conversation around space and independence? So... Crystal clear communication about your needs. That's tip number two. Absolutely necessary. And if that's not part of the culture yet, just know it can totally be a part of the culture. No big deal. Number three, understanding each other's unique triggers and reactions. So I'll just put on record that for some people, asking for space or alone time, so if I'm in partnership with you, and you're one of these people, let's say. So I might just be sitting here thinking, what? I listened to a podcast and it like, I'm just trying to change the culture. No big deal. Um, and so I ask you for space or alone time. You might be one of those people who registers the request for alone time or space in your partnership as abandonment. Okay. So for some people, simply even bringing up the conversation of space or alone time it might trigger them. And so I want to say there's nothing fucking wrong with these people. Okay. I, um, 
it's not, honestly, it's not a huge, that's not, I'm, I'm more of an island. I love my alone time. Um, and that's because of my upbringing. And um, maybe I'll do a whole episode just kind of explaining how different childhoods could lead to different like attachment styles and beliefs. If you guys think that would be interesting, let me know. Um, but basically, I, I grew up wanting alone time because I had a mom who depended on me for emotional support and it was very exhausting as a young 12-year-old. And so I, I grew up like wanting to get away from connection. And so um, alone time for me doesn't feel threatening, but um, for someone who had a different experience in their upbringing, the request for alone time can literally trigger a reaction in their brain. And so they can get very upset and activated feeling like you're abandoning them. And so the first piece here is like, don't judge this person for feeling this way, right? There is a perfectly intelligent reason their brain is reacting that way and it's totally okay. It's just another obstacle. I don't even want to call it an obstacle. It's just another piece of this puzzle of our relationship that we get to address. And so understanding each other's unique triggers. Know that like, if your partner has a, an abandonment complex going on, that's good information to have. Or for some people, asking for personal space can register as like, I don't care about you. And so knowing the brain associations and kind of the triggers and and um, where your partner's at with this is good information to have going in because you just adjust accordingly, right? So if I have a partner who I know has an abandonment complex um, and that this might trigger them, to feel into feeling like they are being abandoned. I might start the conversation by saying, Hey, just so you know, I love the fuck out of you. I am still in love with you. Like I was two years ago and I'm not trying to abandon you. Right. So I'm, I'm just going to take extra measures. And then maybe at the end of the conversation, I'm going to be extra sure that I have time to stick around because I know if I have to like leave the room for this person that can like really trigger the abandonment complex. So understanding your partner's unique triggers and reactions is just going to help you to be able to kind of like course correct and account for those things and take other measures so that your partner's not just feeling yeah abandoned triggered totally blown out and unable to come into conversation with you okay so that's tip number three now here's tip number four and this is more these are, I've got a few here, a few sub tips under tip number four, but this is actually how to create, like what are actual ways we can create physical space in our partnership and how can we create agreements and shift the culture so that this is just the norm. Um, so maybe you're out there and you're like, cool, I like, I live with my partner. Maybe you even work together. You know, we have similar friends. Like how do we actually create space? So this is, this is the part where I'm just going to share, I've got like three or four things here that have really worked for Warren and I, and so I'm going to share those for you, and these might work for you, they might not. You might be able to take an idea I share and kind of tweak it or adjust it to fit you more specifically. So um, yeah, here we go. Um, things that have worked for us. So Warren and I have lived together for two years, but we, so we live in the same house, and yet, when we're both home, we're not, like, we don't just hang out in the same space all the time. Of course, if we're doing something together, we're cooking a meal, we're connecting, of course, we're in the same room. But if we're, like, 
just doing our thing, like we're not usually in the same room. And that's not just because we have separate bedrooms. It's like, I'll be on the couch on the computer doing my thing. And then he'll go in the kitchen and work on his thing, or he'll go downstairs in the rec room, or he'll go into his bedroom. Um, And that's because we just, I think we both just appreciate the separateness in our relationship. And so sometimes it's nice, like I've talked about in the morning, usually he'll come in my room, we'll make tea, we'll maybe either converse in the morning over our tea, or we'll both be sitting on our computers doing whatever we got to do, but we're doing it together, which is nice. And like, it's just, I, I think we both just understand the value of having enough separate time. And so if we're just both doing our own thing, we're, we're both entrepreneurs. So we both have, you know, we're not sitting on the computer scrolling through Facebook most of the time. It's like, cool. I'm like creating a program. I'm writing a blog post. Uh, he's, you know, he's researching, doing his thing. And so we just purposely hang out in different rooms sometimes. And it just, it just reinforces that culture of space that we have that like, yeah, we can both be home and we don't have to be in the same room. So that's one thing that's worked for us. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had this, but have you, have you ever noticed how like, if you spend a fuck time, a fuck ton of time with someone, you can just get sick of them for no reason. I'll never forget my best friend in all through elementary and middle school and high school. Her name was Bree. We're still friends to this day, but we, she's all over the country. So we don't see each other a lot. Um, But she took, for Christmas one year, her family was like, we're going to bring you on vacation with us. We're going to Florida. So lucky me, I got to go on this family vacation with my best friend and her family. And we got to Florida and Bree and I had been friends for like six years at this point. And we had never had a fight. No, I'm sorry. We were friends for like four years at this point. We literally never had a fight. And we went on this vacation And after like six days, one night we were soaking in the hot tub and we got in this huge fight. I can't even remember what it was about anymore, but it was something silly. But we just, it was one of those things where literally six years of friendship, we had never had a fight. And then one week under the same roof every day and we had our first fight, right? (laughs) So I always just think of like, yeah, if I spend too much time right near proximity, I'm going to get annoyed with you. So like... Yeah, like if you're sitting at the kitchen table doing stuff, I might just go to my room or or go in the living room, go on the porch, go take a walk. So that's tip number one. We just, even when we're home, we don't always spend time in the same room and we do that with a bit of intentionality. Number two, we actually have agreements around some of our unique activities. So like there's activities Warren and I have in common that we love. And then there's activities that we don't have in common that like I love and he does not and vice versa. (laughs) So in the beginning of our relationship, we had this unspoken thing where like he was coming to things I like that he didn't really like. And he was going to things that, or I was going to things that I didn't like that he liked to try, you know, to try and get connection. Like, cool, I'll go to your thing. And we both just started noticing because we're kind of aware, like you don't seem that stoked when you're here. And vice versa, you know, he would notice the same with me. And I started noticing with him, like, you don't really seem excited to be here. And then I feel bad because I feel like I have to entertain you or help you to have fun where I would rather you just not be here if you're not having fun. And then I can just be me and, you know, be with my friends and not worry about you so much. And so we actually just made agreements like 
cool. How about you? Like, I'll just use a very practical example. I fucking love bluegrass music and I love music with instruments. I love music that's outside in the sunshine that I can like do si do and dance and yowl and scream and just have the most uplifting, energizing time. You know, guitar, banjo, drums, keyboard, I'm all about it. Warren doesn't really dig that stuff. He kind of gets bored and he would rather go to a house music show, which is like one, like, um, an artist who creates music on the computer. And then like house music is like a certain, you know, it's more of like a, like a certain like repetitive beat type of music. And those concerts are usually in like a small venue at night in the dark, you know, you're not leaping around dosy doing, there's not space for that. You're more just kind of like sitting, enjoying the music, maybe moving your body a little bit. It's just a different experience. And I'm like not one for that type of stuff. I like sunshine. I like to move. I like instruments. I don't like being up till two in the morning. <laughs> Most of those concerts are late night. And so basically we just were like, dude, he, he, like you, I officially release you from the need to come to bluegrass shows with me. And he's like, wow, that feels so good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm probably just going to stop going to shows I don't want to go to with you. And he's like, that sounds great. And we're like, wait. What if we just do things that we want to? <laughs> Who's been in relationship where you're all of a sudden you're like, I just do things I don't want to do all the time in service of connection. But like, I'm not even connected to you because I'm in my head thinking about how oh, I don't want to be here. You know what I'm talking about? So we basically made agreements like, cool, you don't have to do stuff that you don't want to and nor do I. And if I'm going to something I'm super excited about and I can't jump, stop jumping around in excitement and you express zero interest in going, that's fine. And I don't have to take that personally and I don't have to get upset about it because like it's not your jam. So you can literally just make agreements kind of releasing each other from that unspoken obligation to like do things you don't want to do. And I think a lot of us have that unspoken obligation because that's kind of what we're taught. It's like, all right, find someone you love, create a relationship, get married. You got to like find common interests, do things together, which is great. And I'm going to talk about that too. But um, just saying, you know, you don't have to come. <laughs> you don't have to do this thing I do, you know. Um, maybe one of you is like super into the fantasy football draft and the other one's not like, Hey, you don't have to do the draft with me. You can actually just do whatever you want. I'm going to meet with my guys every week and do that thing. Um, I think it's a really powerful place to reach. Um, and so Warren, and now I will say, you know, perhaps there are things like once in a while that there's a little wiggle room, right? So for instance, like I really value when Warren comes and sees my family. So my family lives in Wisconsin. So does his, which makes it really convenient. Um, but like family's huge for me. So I like, I brought Warren to my sister's wedding a couple of years ago and that means a lot to me. And he probably wouldn't choose to do that stuff, but he realizes how much it means to me. So he's willing to do that once in a while. Um, similarly for him, I have things that I'm willing to do um, once in a while. So it doesn't have to be like, I'm never going to do anything you want, but you can create this culture of like, it's cool. You don't have to feel obliged to do things that I like just to like do them. Right. I, I have other friends I can enjoy this with. I have other people in my life. I can, that's how, what it was like. I was like, wait, I have other friends who actually want to go to these concerts with me. That'll have fun with me. I don't need you to be here. So that's fine. You don't have to come. <laughs> 
really empowering. So then, of course, we still have our common interests, you guys. So common interests Warren and I do share things like going on hikes. We fell in love over like summertime, going on hikes, wild crafting plants, just like studying plants together. That's where we have really common interests. And so, um, of course, like we then with our common interests, we still do those things together. Um, so we still have lots of togetherness as well. Um, another thing that has really worked for us is just not only allowing each other to have our separate interests, but truly supporting them. Okay, so this is what this looks like. So here's a perfect example. Warren is going to a festival this um, weekend called Sonic Bloom. It's like a music, electronic music festival. Um, he's going just to like listen to music, party, have fun with his friends, like whatever, you know? I literally have zero interest in this. Um, I just, I can't, it's just so not at all anything I want to do. So I'm not going, right? Now, it would be one thing to say, and I know some of you are going to resonate with this right now. It would be one thing to say, yeah, okay, go. No, you should go. You should go. Have fun. And then I'm kind of like, I'm saying yes, and I'm supporting him, but an unconscious part of me is feeling insecure about him going to this concert party all weekend without me. And so I'm like unconsciously or maybe even kind of consciously, I start to play games with it, right? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, go have fun. But then I'm like, cool, I'm not gonna, I'm basically I'm gonna withhold love right now because I'm feeling insecure. You're doing this thing that I kind of wish you weren't, but I'm like, quote unquote, supporting you, but I'm gonna withhold love, you know? I'm I'm not gonna text you all weekend while you're gone. If you text me, I'm not gonna respond because like you're off having fun. So why should I respond to you? And, and, um, you know, I'm going to like post Facebook photos of me and other guys. And I hope you see them while you're gone. And it like makes you feel weird or something. You guys know what I'm talking about. I fucking know some of you guys do. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about because I used to do this shit. It was like, yeah, I support you. But inside I was playing all these games and not really supporting. And so we actually support each other's unique interests. And so what that means is like legit getting fucking excited. So when Warren told me he was going to Sonic Bloom, I'm like, fuck yeah, babe is going to go listen to music and dance. That is so exciting. I'm so excited for you. And I meant it because I am, because like I want the person I love and all people, but of course this person I'm in love with to do things that light him up and make him feel amazing. So not only like allowing space, but also supporting those unique interests with actual genuine excitement goes a long way. When your partner can feel like, oh, cool, you're actually giving me permission to do this and you're excited for me, it almost gives them permission to get like excited for themselves because they're like, wow, I get to do this thing I love so much and I still have a loving partner who just loves me just as much as she did before I was doing this thing. Fuck yeah. That's, that's a fuck yeah, you guys. And it feels so good. It feels so good to have Warren like support me. Like I said, I'm going to Texas, you know, doing this Tony Robbins thing, which is like not his jam. And then I'm coming back home and then my favorite band plays my bluegrassy fucking jam favorite band plays up in the mountains at this gorgeous lake, literally the day after I get back. So I'm like coming home for a day and then I'm leaving again for three days to go to the mountains to see my favorite music. And to have Warren support and like, yeah, you're going to have so much fun. I'm so excited for you. Feels really fucking good. 
it does. It feels so good. Um, so supporting each other's unique and separate interests is huge. And finally, this is my last little tip, and then I'm going to let you guys go. This episode ended up being an hour. I thought this was going to be a short one. <laughs> I always think that, but it turns out I just have a lot to share with you guys. I have so many experiences, so I hope this is helpful. And y'all, if you're out there and you're like, damn, I love Nikki's episodes, but I wish they were shorter. That bitch can talk. <laughs> um, just let me know. I'm I might not change anything, but I just, it's good feedback. I always want to know what you guys are thinking because I make these for you. So, um, like, let me know, you know, if, if, if I rant too much or if you love the rants, you're like, no, those rants are gold. Keep them. Um, that's great feedback as well. Okay. So the final piece I want to share, I've alluded to this a few times, um, is that Warren and I, so again, these are things that have just worked for us. Um, Warren and I have separate bedrooms, so I'm just going to take a few minutes to go into this. Um, this is something we have had since the beginning. Um, the minute, I think I've, I've either mentioned this on an episode or I've done a live on this, but the moment Warren asked me to live with him, I had a full body response because I thought he was asking me to move into his bedroom with him. And I wasn't as empowered as I am right now in my boundaries and speaking my needs with care. But back then, my body fucking responded. I got the most clear, like, sick to my stomach feeling. The moment he asked me to live with him, I was like, what the fuck's going on? I love this man. Of course I want to live with him. But what it was was my body saying, don't you dare abandon yourself right now and agree to something you know you're going to regret. I had shared a bedroom once with a past lover in my past. And based on that experience was like, yeah, never again. So it's it's been known for me for a while, a few years, that if I were to live with a partner again, I would want my own room. And so I basically just asked for what I needed right when right the minute he invited me to live with him. I said, I'm down, I would love to, and I really want my own room. <laughs> and he's like, tight. I want my own room too. And so we're like, sweet, we're united here. So what I want to say is this. It's just been amazing for us, you guys. Um, and I, again, I realize this doesn't work for everyone, but for us, I feel like there's this whole category of arguments that Warren and I have never had that couples have all the time because we have our own space. And it's like, because I have my own space with my plants and it's super clean, I'm in it right now, my snake and my kitties, and it's just, it's me. This room screams me. It's got my Tony Robbins quotes and my artwork and my plants and like it's totally me and my purple Egyptian cotton sheets and my mom's teddy bear on the bed. Like it, this is my room, my space, my expression. And so because I have this, I'm less attached to the state of our shared space. And that's been a continuous journey for me too. I've really released a lot of OCD that I um, carried around with me for many years. Really when I lived with three guys. If you guys have ever lived with boys, I mean, yeah, enough said. Couldn't be OCD. So <laughs> no space for that. They were be they're beautiful men and just not that clean. And so... Um, we don't argue about cleanliness and we don't argue about, we have our, we're, we're blessed to have our own bathrooms too. I have my own bathroom in my queendom. It is a fucking gift. And so 
We never argue about like, put down the toilet seat, put the toothpaste cover on. God, the room's such a mess. You throw your clothes everywhere. Can you put your dirty clothes in the hamper, please? That's just like a whole category of arguments we've never had and probably never will have. Um, so in that regard, it's really worked for us. It's really worked for us too because like I love sleeping alone. I also love snuggling, but like truly, if I can like sprawl out my queen size bed, I wake up feeling so rested, just like, mm, yes, okay, honey, what's good? Like that was the shit. <laughs> it is so nice. And so it's great because sometimes I'm like, fuck yeah, all I want to do is cuddle and just like snuggle. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm literally going to bed right now. I don't give a fuck about snuggling. I need to go, I want to go to bed, fall asleep, wake up and start my day. And so on those days we just, we sleep in our own rooms and, um, that is, is really great. And I don't feel ever like resentful or annoyed because like Warren's kind of a cover hog and he like moves around a lot, which wakes me up sometimes. I don't ever get resentful of that because like, that's not, I get plenty of, when I want to sleep alone and I don't want that stuff, I just ask for it. And then I have that. So, um, that's really worked for us. And I think just having space to do our creative work separately, like he was in his room on the phone with one of his employees, like kind of his assistant this morning, figuring out stuff for his business. And then I was able to be in here working on my podcast. So again, that's just more space for us not to get annoyed, frustrated, resentful towards the situation of our living. Um, and therefore towards each other possibly. So, um, you know, we've never, ever, ever been a couple to think like, Ooh, but the money we could save if we just live together, um, that's cool. And like, I'm not willing to compromise my personal boundaries and needs to save a little money. I, it's just, it's like, I've always found a way to financially, I've literally been financially responsible for myself since I was like 12. That's when I started my first business. It was a babysitting business. Like, I didn't have to pay for rent or anything back then, but I had, like, if I wanted to go to the movies or do anything as a kid, that was me. My mom didn't have a job, um, and my dad was deceased. So we were living off mainly government Social Security checks, which just barely covered our ridiculous house payment and, um, or not our house payment, but our insurance. So yeah, it, it I, like, I'm not, I'm just the type of person that's, all, like, always taking care of myself, and so I have such trust in my ability to figure it out. I've owned four businesses. I've like, I know I can do it. So I'm never going to compromise a personal boundary or a need for space or my own, you know, like, Oh, I really want my own room and express myself, but I can save 200 bucks if I live with Warren. That's just never going to be my thing. If that's your thing, that's fine. Um, and I just invite you to check in, like, how's that working for you? If it's working and you're like, I fucking love it. That's great. Um, then keep doing it. If you're like, I actually hate sharing a room with my partner, but there's no way we can afford not to do this. Um, I just invite you to remember how you survived before you were in partnership, right? At some point you were probably living on your own, paying for your own room. And so I think it's easy to think like it's impossible once we get used to the, you know, the convenience in terms of financial gain when we share a room with someone, but just remember like you totally can do it. And if you're miserable sharing a room with your partner and you want to stay with them and you think that space could really serve your union, um, I just invite you to open up the conversation and see what your partner has to say. 
and like, could we make this work? You know, okay, we're bound in this lease in this one bedroom apartment until March. So that's six months, let's say, you know, I'm making stuff up at this point. Um, could, could it be realistic for us to actually look for a two bedroom in our next lease? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's, that feels really good. Okay. Now in the meantime, what agreements can we make to just kind of like make this situation work? Cause it's what we've got right now. I get it. You guys are in a lease. Like I don't expect you to be magicians. And I'm just saying if you're unhappy, like it's up to you to decide to make a change about that. And so if you're unhappy and you're telling a story that like, there's nothing I can do, we're stuck in this situation and we just have to share a room forever. I invite you to adapt a more empowering mindset. Just an invitation. Take it or leave it. So yeah, for Warren and I, the separate bedrooms thing has been such a fucking blessing. Um, I wouldn't trade it for almost anything. And so I just wanted to take a few minutes to talk about that because I get so many questions about that. Um, so many of y'all ask me like, what the fuck is up with that? Do you guys ever cuddle? Do you guys even like have sex? Just so you guys know, Warren and I cuddle a fuck ton and our sex life is on point. So the, the bedrooms have not, let me tell you guys, if the only time you're having sex is at the end of the night, right before you're about to go to sleep, that's fine. Like, if that works for you, fuck yeah. Keep up with that right before bed sex because that is some juicy shit as well. And I just want to say, like, there are so many other ways to explore sex. And it doesn't even have to be in the bed or in the bedroom. And it can be all different kinds of the day. I love me some afternoon delight, know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you're, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Sex doesn't only have to happen in the bedroom before bed. But it can. All right, y'all. Holy shit. That was way longer than I expected, but I hope you've been, been served by this conversation. Um, as always, I want to hear from you. Let me know what you got from this conversation. Share this conversation with a friend who needs to hear it. That is super helpful, not only to me and just getting this word out, but to the person who needs to hear it. Like, Send this episode to someone in your life who might need to hear this. And of course, I always appreciate if you guys leave me a rating and review. I have some juicy gifts on the way in the mail to entice you guys to leave me ratings and reviews. So everyone who's left me one is going to get a gift personally sent to them in the actual snail mail. Um, so, and once I actually receive these awesome things that are on their way, I'll tell you guys more about them. But ratings and reviews are super helpful on iTunes. Um, if you're on SoundCloud and you're like, damn, I can't leave your rating or review, screenshot you listening to this episode, throw it on Instagram, put it on your story, make a post, tag me in it at Relationship Badass. That not only helps to get the word out, but you guys, that's the shit that feeds my soul because I'm like, oh my God, this actually served someone. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so glad that this conversation I had with my microphone in my room actually helped someone because that's the reason I'm here. So um, I love to hear from you guys. If you're more shy and you just want to send me a personal message, you can just email me at relationshipbadass at gmail.com. Just let me know how the show has served you. I would love to hear from you. Ooh. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for being here and for showing up so fucking bravely and committed to your goddamn growth. It is inspiring. Y'all are the people I want to surround myself with. Y'all are the people I want to infuse into my life. Um, so thank you. 
I recognize your commitment in even playing this podcast. So, fuck yeah to you. I fucking love and appreciate you so deeply. Mm, So deeply, y'all. And I will catch you badasses in the next episode.